We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andres Hale. Coming at you remote this week. A little, uh, I guess, fall cleaning going on at Blue Wire Studios. Getting everything ready and right as we approach the new year. So we are recording from home all this week. But don't worry. This means you guys will get all the content. You want all three episodes coming at you guys this week. We'll just rec- be recording them from home. So, Dre, it's only, it's only right that we start this week in pro wrestling. Some would say uh, WWE made a splash or two on the internet this weekend. So we got to talk about Survivor Series, recap the entire thing, both War Games matches, the end of Survivor Series, the return of 1CM Punk to the WWE ring for the first time in almost 10 years. And then, of course, we got to talk about Raw, what, how the show was, how it wasn't, Randy Orton being back, CM Punk closing out the show, what we thought there, but then tying it all into AEW and where does AEW go now, CM Punk leaving there, some of the news that have broken online with Daniel, with Brian Danielson being part of the committee that chose to let Punk go, some of the leaks. Just seeing where we feel the two companies are headed, what is now a pivotal moment, right? I feel like we we did this when CM Punk signed with AEW. Yep. And we said, this is a change. This is a pivotal moment. And then now, him signing with WWE, we got to have this conversation all over again, which is a convo we never foresaw us really having to tackle. This was never in the cards, in our mind, a year mm-hmm. ago, two years ago. Any time during the existence of our podcast, our podcast is almost nine years old. CM Punk had left WWE well before our podcast started. So this, as he says, I guess hell froze over. So we'll we'll talk about all of that here in a second. Actually, instead of going down the entire card, let's start with one CM Punk. Yeah, because- like why why are we wasting our time? Nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody listening to this show today gives a shit about what I thought about the Rhea Ripley Zoe Stark match. Nobody cares. I, I give a shit, Dre. I care about your opinion. It's you know three star classic. 
But no it can it can wait because really, in, in all honesty, it was about the return of CM Punk in which the men's war game match ends and they finally did what a lot of people were calling for. And that is they rolled the little graphic on the bottom right, have Michael Cole take him home. Everyone's like, damn, at least we got Randy Orton. Like, it's over, but at least, you know what, at least we saw the debut of Randy. That's enough. And then the graphic goes away. CM Punk's music hits. The Titan, the Jumbotron, flashes CM Punk, and still people don't believe it until he walks out. And then you just get the, it's clobbering time. I'm back. I guess he says cross leg, but that's after the cameras go off. And then there's the hoopla with Seth Rollins having to be held back, Drew McIntyre walking out of the cage and to the back before punk music even hits. And Randy Orton smiling and waving at punk in the ring. So many different reactions to this. What was your reaction the next day when you saw it? Because I caved in. We're at the David Benavides fight. I was like, fuck it, I got to watch. I was sitting next to Coppinger. Twitter was going crazy. I had to watch and see what was going on. You actually waited it out. I waited out and avoided all the spoilers. I People ask, like, how did you do that? Well, I was at the fight, and I turned off my notifications on Twitter. I told anybody that knew I was watching, don't text me about it. Um, and I went home. <laughs> I wrote my story on Benavidez, uh, Android. I didn't look at Twitter at all. And people was like, well, how didn't you? Because you were tweeting. Well, I had the, the, I had the tweet part up, but I didn't have any of my notifications up. I didn't have yeah. my timeline up. And then I woke up to finish my story at about six, seven in the morning. And then I watched Survivor Series. And then I saw CM Punk. Um, first of all, count me as one of the people who's like, this ain't happening. It ain't happening. I, I said it from the beginning when he left AEW. I was like, he's not going back to WWE. As early as Saturday when I saw Mike Coppinger at the fight, the first thing Cop asked me is, Punk coming back tonight? And I was like, nah, I can't see it. I can't see it. And he came back. And hell froze over. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. And I'm going to start with the one that's most important to me. This was bad business by all elite wrestling. I, I'm not picking sides here. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Yes. The obvious is you brought CM Punk out of retirement, out of a decade-long retirement to come to your company because what your company had interested CM Punk. And for a lot of people, if you remember, it was the passing of Brody and how they handled it without letting all the information leak. That was the main reason why Punk came to AEW, because he felt like it was a different culture. Lo and behold, we'll discuss like all the backstage stuff here in a minute. It wasn't what Punk thought it was. He ends up getting fired. And less than three months later, he shows up in WWE. And the first thing I think of is, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> and what I mean by that is there's no, there wasn't a no compete there. They fired him and just allowed him to go to the competitor. And, and perhaps the, the most engaging season of the year, which is WrestleMania season, heading into the Royal rumble and going to WrestleMania, you allowed your competitor to get CM Punk. Now I've heard people say, well, he's their problem. Now, the one thing that the WWE doesn't do 
is allow personal shit to get into good business. Facts. And they recognize quickly. And this is all a testament to the Triple H. Because this if Vince McMahon was still there, this wouldn't have happened. I don't think Punk would have went back because I don't think Vince would have put his ego to the side to have that conversation with Punk to a satisfactory level where Punk would have been like, you know what? Sure. Yeah. Obviously, the culture has changed at WWE. Uh, obviously, with people coming back, you can see that there's a rationale there where wrestlers are like, maybe it's different now. Now, it's not going to be 100% different because it's still WWE, but it's different. Mm-hmm. And people forget that wrestlers talk to each other. It, Cody's there. Jade is there. They just left the company less than about a year and a half ago. Now, Punk, who basically got warmed up in AEW to the point where he was like, you know what? I like wrestling again. <laughs> I've got my, my fires relit. And just as his fires relit, he's gone for the company. And yeah, he could have went to Impact. But Triple H and Nick Khan saw this opportunity where I'm sure they went in and was like, hey, is there a non-compete? Punk was like, no. Hmm. I guess. Yep. How does Survivor Series sound? And I'm sure they had it. I'm sure they had plenty of conversations about the culture. You know, what's going on there? Is bygones going to be bygones? Like, what can we do? And Punk decided to come back. This is the worst business I've seen AEW handle because you basically, like, if you want to use the analogy that the AEW is the minor leagues, and I don't believe this, but if you want to use this analogy, yeah. you allowed CM Punk to get healthy and happy in your organization to gift wrap him to the competitor for a run at WrestleMania. What the fuck are you doing? I don't, dog, I don't understand this. Now, from Punk's perspective, he gets to come back with a rejuvenated hunger for pro wrestling with his friends because look man i left bet i left hip-hop dx i left music at a time and i was jaded but if you if you relit the fire and you show me maybe things are a little bit different and you show me the money also there's a chance i might come back yeah and that's exactly what cm punk just did he came back he said he was home of course as a promo we'll talk about the promo the babyface promo he did after that but bruh, how does AEW allow this to happen? I, I can't believe it. Can if, I defend them? Like and just play devil advocate? Go ahead. I, I agree with you. But if I'm playing devil's advocate, I would say Tony Khan, and this is just of what I assume to know about Tony Khan. And not to say that this is good business or bad business, but I think and his knowledge of pro wrestling as a fan for all these years, I think he's as shocked as you and I are. One, <laughs> that they couldn't keep CM Punk to the point of Punk left once and then came back after the suspension, right? right. I, I think he felt when he originally signed Punk and got him to come to AEW that Punk is only returning to wrestling for AEW. So when you sign that contract and sign that deal, why do I have to put in a non-compete? Why do I have to build this structure into the deal? He's only coming to wrestle for us. Sure. 
in his wildest dreams, Punk was gone. Punk had the was on Fox. He was on that show. He had every opportunity to sign with WWE or Impact, and he did not. For I think at that time would be seven and a half years away from the business. Tony Khan was like, I gave him a bunch of money and a culture, which at the time, and still is, seemed very family-oriented. Our EVPs have a mix. He wanted to work with new talent. It felt like a super indie. They were bringing people over like Brian Danielson and some people he knew. It felt comfortable. FTR, very close to him. It felt comfortable. He was like, no one else can provide this. And he has never ever based on every word and the lawsuit that came beforehand and his health ever going back to the WWE. What am I building a no compete, no compete into this contract for, for impact for new Japan. Those are our partners. You can go work new Japan. Like, I don't think he ever thought he would have to, because I never, I don't think he ever fathomed that Punk would go back to the WWE. No one yeah. did. No one No one thought at the time when he signed Punk that Vince, Vince and Kennedy McMahon would have nothing to do with the WWE. Of course. And this is relatively new because the TKO board was like, yeah, you're a bad look. It's really just, we're going to hand over the entire range to Triple H and all business, Triple H ain't touching none of that shit, is going to Nick Khan and you can do whatever you want. Will allow you to keep earning money. You can stay on this board. You can sell shares. You can do whatever you want, but you're not touching this. And for the first time, you had someone above a, a boss to Vincent McMahon. So you felt, okay, this is true now. Vince isn't going to bully his way back in. And that comfort level, Tony Khan could have never predicted that. No one could have predicted that. Even that would be enough for CM Punk to go back because he really doesn't like Triple H. The man was cutting anti-WWE promos like four months ago. Sure. Five months ago. So there was no need for a non-compete in that, in this one contract is what I'm saying. And not in all your contracts, right? Like Daniel saying everybody, I kind of need a non-compete if you guys leave here. But for this one guy, I could understand saying, let's just get this deal signed. There's, There's no hoops. There's no, you know, just red tape to go through. There's no fine prints. The only place you want to wrestle is with me. Sign this deal and let's go. And it blew up in his face. But I understand why there wouldn't have to be a non-compete. So here's my retort. This is why it's bad business. You need to have a standard contract. Mm. WWE has standard contracts with their talent, right? And the non-compete is built into that contract. It's not a case-by-case basis. When you have attorneys that draw up these contracts, because Tony's not drawing up these contracts, of course, he's going to dictate the terms to his lawyers. But when you're doing good business, the unforeseeable circumstance is what you have to prepare for. And you may think that you don't need one, but you should just have one. Spoken like a man married to a lawyer. Yes. (laughs) But you should have one. But just in wrestling terms, you don't want a Lex Luger situation to happen, right? You don't want a ravishing Rick Rude situation to happen. You don't want a talent to show up on one show and then the, the, the same, a different show less than seven days apart. There has to be separation from the time that you let somebody go before they end up in another company. That should be standard practice. 
in your contracts. Yeah. Now, yes, you can be wrestler friendly, as Tony Khan was with uh, Regal, for instance. He was friendly with that contract. You can let somebody out of their contract, but standard contract should state that you cannot go to a competitor in at least 90 days. Mm-hmm. That should just be standard. And that's not what happened here. Normal ass companies have no non competes, normal ones. Every, like everybody <laughs> that contracts employees has this for this particular reason. You may not think you need it, but you need it. Now, here's the other thing the CM Punk situation, where a lot of people, we're gonna just gonna talk about it from, well, they fired him, they didn't want him anymore, he was a headache, blah, 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 blah. While true, business is business. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't think the AEW is competing with WWE, you're a fool. Because that's all Tony does on Twitter is talk about ratings. Popping a rating. He talks about it all the time. The demo and the rating, which is fair. You're in competition. You know you may not beat the juggernaut right now, but you need to trend in the right direction to eventually catch up to the juggernaut known as the WWE. In doing so, you signed CM Punk, which was by far the biggest signing you've had with the company, bigger than Danielson, bigger than Cole, bigger than anybody. It also gave you one of your biggest ratings. It also gave you your biggest social media hit. All those things were true. Now, it became a headache, and you decided to fire him for reasons that we'll discuss in a minute. But now the competition has your signing that you groomed to get back into the business. And then... Punk shows up, and the immediate story the following day, well, the Monday after Survivor Series is 71 million social media view engagement over the over two days. You fucked up. It's it's there's no other way to cut it. You could say that you don't want the headache, but you gave the other your competitor a leg up in competition. Period. The Royal Rumble has so much more significance now. The the WrestleMania has so much more significance now. You have allowed a company that has relied so heavily on Roman Reigns to now not even need him as much right now. Nobody's talking about the bloodline. You have found, you have remained, you have made two stars, two out of former AEW talent, Cody and Punk. Hmm. Two, two of your biggest draws. And now it's about to be three when Jade makes her debut. It shouldn't happen like this. You fucked up. I just, I, I, I'm not saying that this is the demise of AEW. That is not what I'm saying. I think AEW is still going to be fine because the Will Ospreay signing is a big deal. There are other issues to iron out. However, if I'm playing in the NFC East, right, and I have Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is a headache, do I trade him to the fucking Giants? <laughs> do I allow him to go in my division? Yeah. No, I said as far away from me as possible so he can't affect what I'm doing. You allowed him to go in your division to do what you don't want him to do. This is crazy. This, this is nuts. And there are other things that are really important here. One, AW signed Adam Copeland, which felt like, oh, this is a big deal. AW has a very hard time right now making their signings feel like a big deal because there's so many of them, right? There's so many of them that they haven't figured out how to make each one of them special in their own way. Danielson just wants to wrestle. He's been doing that. 
he's fine. Yeah. Edge, on the other hand, has peppered out very quickly on AEW television because it doesn't feel special. Whereas every time Cody shows up on fucking television, it feels big. Like he feels like a much bigger star in WWE than he did in AEW. With CM Punk, he ain't gonna have them fucking random six-man tag matches on a random ass Saturday. They're gonna protect him to make sure one, he doesn't get hurt, and two, every match he wrestles is going to have a purpose. WWE is always bigger at the big moments. Their production's just better that way. Their storylines are just better that way. And that fucking roster is loaded. They don't have to try punk out every single week. They will. They'll have him do promos. But his story, because he's a story wrestler, as great as he is as a wrestler, his storytelling ability is almost unparalleled in this business. Every storyline he has is so engaging. So if he's feuding with Seth Rollins, which I truly think is what's going to happen. And I think, real quick, the reason why he cut a babyface promo is because he just came back. But I think he's going to play heel against Rollins. I think he's going to be this greedy, snide fuck. At least that's what I hope, because heel punk is the best CM Punk. Like, if you play this angle and you make it feel special, how big is Rollins versus Punk? It's huge. It's not like one main event big. It, it's It's that big. And you can argue that that in Cody versus Roman makes night one and night two of WrestleMania huge. If that's the route you go, you can go CM Punk versus Kevin Owens somehow. And that feels significant. On yep. the mic, they would tear each other up. But they 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 know how to do this. The WWE knows how to do this. I I'm baffled at AEW allowing this to happen. It's just it's mind blowing. It's not going to cripple their business, but boy, it hurts. It hurts when you're in competition. It comes down to, and the the biggest thing I would say in it hurting AEW is that for a while, people thought going back the other way wouldn't help talent, right? Because we, we've seen AEW get NXT guys and they come into a media pops and they're top of the card guys. But regardless of where they end up shaking out, but Adam Cole, Keith Lee, um, Andrade, Malachi Black, all these people came in with huge followings because they were in WWE and NXT. Cesaro and Claudio, and people were like, oh, they were misused over there, or they were used great, but we want to see them over here. And a lot of those people have had decent runs. I, I wouldn't say any of them have had monster, like monstrously successful runs outside of Moxley. Right. But this now shows and and. Jade will be the real litmus test on this. But this now shows that Cody went back, was a bigger star than ever. Huge. Top of the card guy. He's going to finish the story, probably. Punk goes back, breaks WWE digital and social records. Breaks records on a Monday Night Raw. The Raw's ratings were huge. Punk is ginormous when he went back. What Monday night felt like, what Sunday night felt like to a degree, was as if Punk hadn't come back at all in 10 years. Because a lot of people were like, why would this be a big deal? Punk, we just saw Punk wrestle for two years. Punk's been back, but it didn't feel that way. It felt like he had just come out of a 10-year retirement. It was that big still. And if Jade debuts, say, at like the Rumble or something, to that type of fanfare, 
oh, now a lot of people at AEW is going to be looking like, what? Andrade is already looking like that. Andrade is like, get me the fuck out of here. He's just wondering if he can slap Sammy Guevara and get in enough trouble to get cut by Brian Danielson, who obviously levies punishments. Mm, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but that's really, like, Miro, I'm sure, is getting, like, Miro's chilling and he wrestles on Saturdays, but eventually it's like he didn't get the push people thought, regardless if he's happy about that or not. Malachi's kind of getting a push, but not as a singles guy. But there, and he almost he took a hiatus for a second already to just clear the cobwebs out of his head. Came back, but they haven't pushed him any differently. That there's going to be talent and talent who's never been to the WWE that says, you know what? I think my fan base that I've developed in AEW will follow me. So when I get there, I'm not going to be Joe Schmo. And and you could look at this like a Ricky Starks, a Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, What's his face? Who's the other big dude who used to be with MJF? I'm blanking. Um, Powerbomb guy, Wardlow. Like, when you when you look at these people and you say, hmm, if they jump ship, they're taking all the fans and people who rooted for them in AEW. Even if they have to go to NXT, think there's going to be a guy in NXT? They immediately go to the top of that card. If they go straight to the main roster... They debut higher than people even coming from NXT. They debut with a bigger fan base than the Creed Brothers. And the Creed Brothers have been great. Right? Like, they they understand that, oh, wait, this does translate. And Jade feels like a huge deal. If she what? comes out and she's positioned as a, a megastar and the fans love her and there's merch and she gets a mania crazy entrance... Oh, if I'm at AEW and I'm like anywhere in the middle, I'd be like, ah, there, there's really a place for me over there now. Where for a long time it felt like, nah, they're not gonna fuck with me. Well, here, here's my counter to that. Like, I think the WWE is gonna be very um they're gonna be very careful about anybody that they sign. Because what you don't want to happen, and which is which is true, like everybody's not CM Punk. Like Jay Cargill is a fucking unicorn, right? Yeah. Like you had to sign her. Of course. There are talent in AEW that may have a strong base, but I don't think the WWE would be smart to even try to poach any other talent right now. It's not necessary. Like, if you look at the, the AEW roster right now, the only person that would really make an impact is Kenny Omega. That's the one person, if I'm WWE, if I could find a way to get him, I'm taking him. I don't Obviously, know. I, I think Andrade would still fall into that category. No, Honestly, I don't think like, so. I think he was a Trips guy from the start. We see yeah. how much Trips is pushing just the LWO, how much he's pushing um, just Spanish talent in general right now. I don't a see ton. it. I don't, I don't see it because you can't make everybody like that. That means you're chasing a rainbow. Like if you're if you're looking at Punk. No, but he was a Kobe. champion for Trips. It's he not like he's chasing a rainbow. He was a no, 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 champion no, no. for Trips. He was a champion in NXT. Sure. Right? Like, coming back to WWE and having an expectation, that, again, that roster is loaded right now. Yes. Everybody can't be near the top of the car, and everybody can't be a star. It, you just can't. There's a pecking order. And that's, that's across all companies. Andrade's in a spot where I'm not necessarily – like, we see him tweet, but we're not necessarily sure if he's, like, really unhappy. 
and wants to leave. Or again, a lot of some of the talent they like being at home and collecting a check yeah. and showing up when they show up. Or is it a work? Like, like is it part of a gimmick? Like, you don't know. But but again, it's like let's just take somebody like Ricky Starks. Like we think Ricky Starks is great. Now, how does yeah. Ricky Starks fit into WWE? We don't yeah. know. Let's go to NXT. And, like, but the Starks want to go to NXT. We don't know. Like, that's, there's that's fair. There, there's a lot there. Like CM Punk, you have to sign. If if yeah. if CM Punk shows interest, you have to sign him. That's true. There is, he's a quote unquote needle mover. The motherfucker moves the needle. And again, you don't got to sign everyone. But a guy like Ricky Starks is much like trips when he signed la night right it was like okay he's in nxt and trips featured him and then vince took complete control over nxt and it kind of fucked up this stuff a little bit but from the jump he saw like three packaging this guy kind of has it right and it's like this this could work for us and lo and behold it did la night's still super over probably about to beat the shell logan paul this week so you look at a guy like that and be like, ah, yeah, there's something here. And it's not everyone, but Trips did a good job. Uh, Bobby Roode with the glorious stuff. He's like, ah, this guy, this guy's going to fit. And yeah, sorry, you got to be in NXT a little while, but it's going to, you're going to be such a star in NXT that people remember you throughout this run and it's, it's going to work. And I think a guy like Ricky Starks, a guy like Powerhouse Hog, because there's still places for body guys, right? Like they're Jonah Rock resigned Bronson Reed, and he's featured every week. Yeah, but nobody gives a shit about Bronson Reed. Let's keep it a buck. This motherfucker on television every week. They're no, trying no, no, no. to push it. A, a lot of people are on TV every week. I'm just saying in, there, in the sense not. that no, no, no. A lot there, of people do. There was not. That is a new thing. I should like. Say. There was a lot of people in catering. Yeah, but somebody like I'm not saying Bronson Reed's not happy. That's that's not what I'm saying. No. What I'm saying is, like, yeah, he's there, but if if talent, you you're not going to get the CM Punk package. You're just not. No, you're not going to get the Cody Rhodes package. You're not getting the Jay Gar- Cargill package. That's reserved for Kenny Omega, MJF. If MJF were to somehow end up in WWE, he gets that package. Andrade, Miro. Fucking even the young bucks, they don't get that package. They don't get that kind of a rollout. The bucks might be close, but still, they don't have an emphasis on tag team wrestling. It's reserved for a very few talent. Now, all that being said, like punk out the package. But let, let's talk about the other part of this equation. Like, what what does punk's departure like really mean for AEW? And we talked about this in the group chat like a lot yesterday. And I've been watching people talk about, oh, you know, you know, Punk was a headache. Da da da. da. This isn't crippling to AEW. It's not. But the thing is, is that, and people are like, well, if he couldn't act right in AEW, what makes you think he can act right in WWE? <laughs> well, it's apples and oranges. <laughs> it's apples and oranges, and it's one thing to be. Let's just say you're an independent artist, right, and on a music label, and you go to a major label, and maybe you're not ready for what the major label has to offer. It doesn't like really work. Yeah. Then you leave and you go back to the independent scene thinking like, Oh, well, this was great when I was here before, but now I'm 10 years older. Now I'm back in this independent scene. Now I realize, Oh shit. This ain't what I really thought it was going to be. These kids are nuts, right? Like <laughs> it's different. I'm used to the structure over there because the things 
the main thing, and I said at the beginning of this, you signed with AEW and you were very vocal about Brody's passing and the way they handled it by not leaking the information is one of the main reasons you signed with the company. Then you signed with this company and fucking everything gets out on Twitter and social media. At some point you go, what? Like, I know people are going to blame. Well, it's part of this is Punk's fault. No, man. It's it's like there. Yes. Punk has culpability on the press conference after brawl out. Absolutely. 100%. I'm not saying he doesn't get any blame for this. But let's not, let's not act like Sammy Guevara is smacked twice backstage. Let's not act like that didn't happen. Let's not act like the like the news of backstage shit doesn't always bubble to the surface in AEW to the point where you go, dog, y'all can't fucking hold water in this company. Everything gets out. That's a problem. More importantly, when it came to the situation with CM Punk and people is like, well, the hangman situation. All right. We've talked about this before. That whole promo, Hangman said something that allegedly Punk didn't anticipate him saying, turned into like a real shoot, and then these two just didn't like each other, led to brawl out. The Jungle Boy situation, again, fuck, you lost CM Punk for Jungle Boy. This is crazy to me. But Jungle Boy goes out there and just says some shit that nobody fucking asked him. This is a problem in this company because if you're Punk, you're like, how the fuck did he talk about real glass on television and y'all didn't do nothing? Yeah. There is no infrastructure to prevent that shit from happening. Cause I'll be damned if it happens in WWE. You ain't going out there and just saying shit without <laughs> consequences and repercussions. And that's what Jungle Boy did. And as we talked about before, if Jungle Boy were to say it, well, now it's an angle. It wasn't yeah. even an angle, it was just a fight, right? Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I would argue the worst the worst part real quick is that who is saying it and taking these liberties because if Moxley went off script it's like all right if Jericho went off script okay like they've kind of earned it right like we'll figure this out we'll work into something it's like Jungle Boy the fuck what has he done in this business and Hangman I understand is your guy but he just got here how dare they go off script on me and no one's gonna say anything 
To these kids it, who have nothing on my resume? No, it, no, no. Ex- exactly. That's the issue. There's checks and balances in WWE. I'm not saying that everybody needs to have a writer and a script, but you do need to have an agent and a producer for your segment. And you do need somebody to say, don't do that. Don't yeah. do this. Say this. Don't say that. Hit these bullet points with your promo. And if you do something, like when Jungle Boy did that, he shouldn't. He should have had the fear of God in his heart before he even did it. So he wouldn't do it. But he fucking did it. And it led to a fight which was completely preventable by Tony Khan and AEW. That whole situation was preventable. But if you allow your talent to go rogue, what CM Punk does, there's nothing subtle about him. If it's a problem, it's going to be fucking magnified. Because that's how he operates. He's an, ag- he's an agitator. He's a disruptor. So the problems that you have in your company are now being magnified by 10 because it's CM Punk. You can get away with that shit in Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston because they're not as big as Punk. But if you're doing it to Punk, who is an agitator, and now there's a fight. Dude, like we talked about before, there's fights fucking in every locker room across the country. Yep. In college football, baseball, like shit happens. But the fact that it gets out all the time, the fact that it continues to happen, like after the hangman shit, the Jungle Boy shit should have never happened. The first thing, like, yes, Jungle Boy suspended, but he should have known not to do no shit like that. Like this isn't an isolated incident where Punk is just out here going rogue and fighting people. Like Eddie Kingston got suspended. Remember that? Yep. He got suspended. But everybody knew he got suspended. Andrade got suspended. Right, Andrade got suspended. People get suspended, so it's not like Punk is the only person in physical altercations backstage. It's happening across the board. Punk, on the other hand, is just sick of it. And he went at the press conference, and he just said, I'm working with children because he is. he comes from the culture that's not old enough to be old school, but not young enough to be fucking with these new kids. He's right in the middle. And he really doesn't have a country for that shit. So it's like, he that that infrastructure at AEW wasn't working for him. Everything leaking wasn't working for him. Everything getting out to the public, and now with this news that Brian Danielson is part of the disciplinary committee, why the fuck is that public? I'm I'm blown away by this, but more importantly, are least, you surprised? You're blown away, but are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised that it keep th- these things keep getting out. I'm just blown away that they haven't figured out how to put a lid on this shit. Like, stop letting your internal business get out to the masses. Yes, Sean Rossef is a friend of ours. We know he does a fantastic job vetting his sources and making sure he gets the news right. But this should have never gotten to his hands to begin with. Somebody keeps talking. It's a culture where the owner and boss goes on Twitter and just lets shit fly. So it's a bit hypocritical to tell other people not to talk. Well, but, but see, Tony's not talking about Eddie Kingston smacked Sammy Guevara. No. Talent is talking about that. You have to have a meeting with your talent. And the meeting goes like this. Hey, shut the fuck up or you're suspended. That's it. That is it. Like, that's the, like when Tony Khan said, I feared for my life with CM Punk. Do you think... Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Paul Levesque would have ever said something like that? No. Ever? One He's been in locker rooms before. Right. But there needs to be a buffer between talent and Tony Khan. Like, there needs to be 
enforcers. Like Mark Henry should be an enforcer backstage. Like, hey, you want to talk to Tony? Run that shit by me first. Oh, hey, Jungle Boy, I'm going to fuck you up. You shouldn't have said that, right? Mm-hmm. Suspended, whatever disciplinary action there needs to be. And that's what I think ultimately led to Punk's departure. Is AEW better off without him? I don't know. Maybe the locker room is better? I don't know. But I do know that there were a lot of people that fuck with Punk backstage and, and agreed with a lot of the things that he said. And there were people that didn't. That happens in every locker room. If Imagine if Tony Khan was running the WWF when Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart had their issues. Imagine how different that shit would have turned out. I mean, one, it wouldn't be a thing of lore, right? Because all the details would have come out about it. All the details. Now, it's... we. Honestly, they've both spoken on it. People have different opinions. We still don't know what the truth is of what happened. No, we can guess. Yeah, on the Montreal Screwdriver. Like, they've spoken yeah. enough, finally. But it's not like this, where you know every single detail. And, and look, man, I'm, not, I'm never going to protect Vince McMahon, the person. He's, I think he's a piece of shit. Yes. What I will say is, Vince McMahon let Bret Hart punch him in the face to make sure he protected his business. Right, wrong, like I've always been on the side of Brett. I think they screwed Brett. I've always said that. But my point is, is that Vince McMahon will stand on his business, whatever the fuck it is. I may disagree with it, but he'll stand. He'll, he was like, I ain't going to take no bump that you, like, you can't take a bump that I'm not going to take. And that motherfucker went out there and wrestled. It's crazy, right? The, the ultimate thing here is that business is business. And, I, and Tony Khan has to, Hire the right people to protect his business. Punk should have never showed up at Survivor Series. We should have never got to the point where he was getting fired after two incidents. We should have never got to that point. We should never get to the point where we don't have the infrastructure to make Jay Cargill a star. Yes, the company is brand new. I agree with that. They're going to go through their growing pains. That's fine. But Tony Khan is not poor. He can hire the right people to put these people in the right positions to succeed and make sure that Jade is happy. The last thing I'll say about this, and we'll talk about everything else, is Cody left for a reason. People forget this. Cody left a company that he helped build. There are things that that, that aren't working with some of the talent, and I truly think it only boils down to Tony Khan bossing up, not being a fan of his talent anymore, Yes. separating himself than press conference, fuck them press conferences. Like, you can do them, but have somebody else. Hire a PR team. Hire, like, get somebody else in there. Because, like, Jericho is supposed to eventually be that guy, it feels like, right? That was a deal that he signed. But you got to separate yourself from being a just a fan to being a businessman where you don't need Danielson and other people to, discipl- to discipline CM Punk. You need to discipline CM Punk. You need to be in Gorilla. You need to call the shots. You don't need the, the talents to, to tell you what they are and they aren't going to do. You need to make the con- sure the contracts are straight, and you need to hire everybody else beneath you to create a pyramid of agents, producers, disciplinaries, contract lawyers, PR. Treat it like a business. I don't want to hear about the fucking young bucks' wives handling merch anymore. Get a fucking <laughs> real merch person. You're too big for this now. Yep. And your company depends on it because 
We AEW is fantastic at pro wrestling. They just don't miss with pro wrestling. It's all the other shit that's bubbling to the surface now. And it's not going to kill the business, but it is going to hurt it if you don't fix it soon. It's they're too big to fail per se, right? Like AEW is not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. No, it is not. They're not WCW yet. People are like, oh my God, this is that. Like they're, they're just starting. Chill. And it's still part of a learning curve. That being said, it's a tough precedent that he set early on. And this is why they tell you when you have kids, if you're going to be strict, be strict off the jump. Yep. Because you can't go backwards. Or if you try, it's going to be tough. And I think that's what they're finding out now. Yeah. It's just he he was friendly and still to a degree is with some talent. But then that just means and looks like you're playing favorites. Right. Which is tough. So when you when you look at it that way, it's just like, uh, my man, you you really are playing with fire, right? You are. And it, it's correctable. The shit it is, is correctable. You lost you lost punk. It is what it is. He went back to the WWE. The WrestleMania season is about to be really huge for them. But it's up to you now to go, all right. We can't let shit like this happen again. Tighten the ship. Like tight, like we gotta we gotta buckle down. We gotta focus on our product. What things can we fix? We know we can do wrestling. We know it. There's there's no doubt about it. But what can we do to make sure we fix the internal infrastructure to where because remember, now that Punk's gone, you think Punk's not talking to anybody at AEW right now? You think Punk's not in communication with anybody? You think he's, he's just not talking to FTR anymore? Mm-hmm. He's talking to them. And let's just say their contract is up and FTR is disgruntled for whatever reason. They might want to come back to WWE. Yeah. But it's up to Tony Khan to say, because he's done a good job with FTR, but it's up to Tony Khan to make sure that the locker room understands the way that I ran this business may not have worked. We're going to make some changes to make sure that all of you are protected, that all of you are happy, and that I'm going to remove myself from the day-to-day in terms like of talking to you. But we're going to put infrastructure in place to make sure that, the, that leaks and backstage fights and backstage news doesn't get out there because I know everybody's not happy with it. If he does that, he can reel all this shit in and make people happy. But what you don't want is now Cody, Jade, and Punk are calling their friends at AEW. Was like, well, shit, Triple H is running a tight ship. You might want to consider leaving. Like, you don't <laughs> want that to happen. And yeah. it can't fix it. Word, word of mouth goes a long way, y'all. Just in enticing people, for better or worse, if you, it's the grass is greener scenario. And if yes. someone went already and they say the grass is greener, now you're looking at it like, damn, well, maybe it is. Yeah. And that's the it's last a, thing you can have. And sometimes I just want to be happy. Like, Danielson's not going back to WWE. Like, he's, like, this, what the product that AEW is, is Brian Danielson's favorite shit. Fuck off. Like, same with Moxley. <laughs> that's their favorite shit. Do I just get to fuck people up every week? Yes. Good. Yep. I don't care about a story. Like, I like it, but it's cool. But I like to fucking wrestle. Those people are happy. But the people who want a little bit more, like I, I keep I'll say that I keep saying this about somebody like Starks. Starks is a star. He's just yeah. waiting. He's waiting. You got to give him a great story. Like 
Swerve is happy, and I I would assume he's happy because I think Swerve figured it out himself, and that's kind of the company that AEW is. Like he made his way, and I think Tony's always been a well. I know Tony's a big fan of Swerve, and he was the day that he signed him. Yeah, and now it's it's all working out. But other talent that's like wrestling is cool, but I also want to be a star. I want to be a brand. AEW has to figure that part out. How do I make these some of these talents that are just bigger than just wrestlers? Make them a brand. Make them you gotta big. hire people to do it. Exactly. Like that's not it. not friends. Like legit ass people who do this. Like legitimate PR people, not former AEW PR people. Although you could, like Mark Vasquez. Shout out to Mark Vasquez who worked at WWE for years, and he got let go during the pandemic, and he ended, I think he's at one right now. Contact him. Find people that have done this before and they get it and be like, all right, cool. Talent management, talent relations. How do we make these people bigger? Because again, Jade, I don't think Jade left because she didn't like wrestling and she didn't like AEW. They just didn't, they didn't know how to make her what we know she can be. WWE is very good at making people stars, like legitimate stars. And when they see somebody like Jade, it's like, well, they got the infrastructure to handle that. With Punk, he likes to wrestle. He's still a star, but they make him feel special. Cody, he ain't, like he was never this big in AEW. He wasn't. They no, found a way to, they, they they had cooled him off, and like people were tired of Cody. Yeah, and and it's part, and I, I I'll say it's partially Cody's fault too, because he had to say what he was doing. But I yeah. think again, like I don't think Hunter's perfect, but I think Hunter has the perfect mix right now of NXT Hunter. And understanding business from his father-in-law, where it's like, oh, we still got to be sports entertainers. But you motherfuckers can wrestle. Gunther, get out there and go. Cody, let's make you feel big. Let's like let's let's make because dude, the, the biggest thing about punk and Cody, they came with their theme music and their character. Nothing was changed. Same person that they were in AEW, they are in WWE. The presentation is just bigger. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to to compete with that. The stage is just bigger. They have a, they have a lot of years ahead of you. Like, it's just, yeah. it's hard to catch up to that. But you then have to find other things to compete that they can't give. And for a long time, they did. The leaks take away from that. It takes away from, hey, we, we are a family here. We're not this mega corporation that don't give a fuck about you, that would sit you in catering. No, this is, it always had that family vibe. You don't got to run your business yeah. like your mom and pops, but it has that vibe to it. And every little thing being leaked is contradictory to that. It just is. It's contradictory to the whole, you can trust me. This is a place where you can trust us. You can feel safe here. That's the handling of the Brody Lee situation was done extremely well. And it seemed to be genuine by Tony Khan. But what comes with that is this feeling of, yo, you guys care about me. I feel safe here. Right. Getting punched in the face and it leaking and punishments leaking and all this information. Or if I tell you like, yo, maybe I'm a little disgruntled. How can we fix this? And then I wake up two days later and this shit is on Sean Ross Sapp's publications that's not cool that's not making me feel safe no no that has to be fixed 
that that does. And uh, the other thing, it's just you have to nip situations in the bud before they get bigger. And what I mean by that is with Punk, the Jungle Boy shit, it should have got nipped in the bud when Jungle Boy went to the media complaining about CM Punk in the glass. It should have never got to that point where, was it All Out, All In? Which one was fucking fucking London? All In? All In. All In. It should have never got to that point where Jack Perry's looking into the camera saying, real glass. The moment he does that interview, Tony Khan should have pulled him inside and said, you never do that shit again. Yeah. Not in my company. Because if it ain't making me- never gotten to him first. But that's, exactly. It should have never got to the point where after that interview happens and- Tony Khan is made aware of it. Tony Khan goes to Jack Perry and says, unless it's part of a fucking storyline, you never talk shit about another talent. Not in, not in this company ever again. So that means when all in happens, he's not even considering making that statement in the camera. It's not even part of his equation because you have warned that man to not do that shit. But because you didn't and you let it go, this is what happened. So yeah, is it Punk's fault for getting into a physical altercation with Jack Perry after it happened? Sure, it's like getting into a fight at school. The principal's going to suspend both of you. But if I could prevent the kid from bullying the other kid before the kid hits him over the head with a hammer, I should do that as the principal. I should be like, hey, stop bullying that fucking kid. Or stop saying shit to to piss him off to make that shit happen. Yeah, he's going to be wrong if he bashes you in the head with a hammer. But if I could stop it from happening before it happens, that's my job. And that's what AEW did not do in the CM Punk situation. They should have shut that Jungle Boy shit down the moment he did that interview. They have to fix that part of their business. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to take more than just Tony Khan. So in the next year, that's what they got to do. Yeah. It has to take more than just Tony Khan. Because to, the genie's to. out of the box. If this, yeah. if he had set the precedent from early, maybe he could do it all by himself. Maybe that's Vince McMahon, right? The precedent was set so early that he did. He was the he had people around him, of course, and everything. But he was the end all be all of every decision because he set that shit from day one. Yeah, Tony did not do that. No, to the point didn't. of Danielson right now is now reported to be making even minor suspensions. It's not like, hey, we're part of this group and we're having a group conversation and then we give our opinions like wrestler's court and it goes up to Tony. It's like Tony's like, Danielson, I trust you. You make all these decisions. Like, that's just not cool either. Because at a point, he's still my peer, yo. Like, don't, why? Right? Like, if if I'm Jericho and I do some shit, that's weird. Because I'm older than you and I've done a lot more. As great of wrestlers you are. Like, it might be cool to discipline Guevara, all these young kids, Hook, if you need to. All the, Everyone else are grown, grown-ass people. It's weird. It is. Get some real it people is. to do that. At least to be the face of it. People, Laurinaitis is an asshole by all accounts. But maybe it was just the fall guy because Vince McMahon was the asshole. Maybe he was the fault guy. <laughs> Motherfucker. No, but I mean personality wise. Yeah. But he yeah. seems like a dick by all accounts. Like he put people's stuff in trash bags and had no remorse. But maybe Vince was like, I'm gonna pay you well. So you can yeah. be the villain. Well, 
that I mean, again, that's the thing. Like with WWE, you knew there was Vince, Stephanie, Hunter, Bruce Pritchard. That one time Jim Ross was talent relations and talent management. Like there were there was a structure there. Like you went to JR about pay. You went to this person about story. Like this person ran Raw. This person ran SmackDown. They weren't wrestlers. I'm not saying it's n- never to have any wrestlers, but you got to be careful. Yeah. Right. You have to be careful with that. And so we'll we'll see. I mean, we talked to damn near hour on CM Punk, but that was a major story. But we can go through the card real quick and then wrap the show up again with CM Punk. But we had opened with women's war games match. Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, Becky Lynch, defeat damage control, Bailey, Oscar, Eosky, Kari Sane, with a little help from Dakota Kai. This, you know, it's weird, man. Like, if it wasn't for Punk and Orton... This war games would have been very meh. It would have been a very meh pay per view. I really like this match though. I this was my match of the night. This, I mean, this was fun. Um, I still have a hard time seeing Becky and Charlotte together, but whatever. Uh, Bailey losing is interesting because I'm very curious at how they use that because now everybody's giving her the side eye. Io, Asuka, and um, Kyrie are looking at Bailey like, what the fuck? Like, you can't win a match. You're supposed to be the leader. Like, she's going to get kicked out soon. Ray, I told you. Her hair, as soon as she started growing her hair out again, I was like, it's time. Yeah. So the match was, this was a good match. War games are always funny because it's it's hard because you got to send talent out there and go, all right, work five minutes. There's really no, like, end to this five minutes till somebody else comes in the ring. So just keep kicking somebody's ass because yep. – the match don't start until everybody gets in the ring. So you got to keep it interesting for that. And I think they did a pretty good job. This was this was a solid women's war games match. Uh, I don't know if the right team won. It, did, it didn't really matter to me at the end of the day. I thought they, they told a good story. So I liked it. I thought that was a good match. Bailey eating the pin was huge because it furthers the storyline. Yeah. So in that regard, the right team won. And then we had Gunther versus The Miz. This was dumb. <laughs> it's not Gunther's best match. It's not the Miz's worst match. Like, it, it's not what we're used to seeing from Gunther in comparison to what it's been, but he did elevate the Miz in terms of in-ring. It wasn't a bad match. It was just, we knew who was going to win. Miz Bro, it was, cheated it was a lot. <laughs> it, it did nothing. He tried to win. I like the cheating spots. And then, again, I continue to like that Gunther has 18 finishers. Yeah, every moment could be the end of a match. That's great. It's the problem is is that the Miz is not a fucking babyface. Would y'all stop? Like stop it. He wasn't. He cheated this whole shit. Well, but people they they positioned him as a babyface in this, and it makes me wonder. Like if you go back to that that uh was the Fatal Four Way where Ricochet like kind of kicked out but not really, it makes you wonder if like they had to make a call an audible to make Miz like the number one contender. It don't. This match was. It was fine. Gunther's had better intercontinental defenses on fucking Raw. So hopefully this shit is over and we can move on. I'm very curious who Gunther's going to deal with next. Um, but this this feud, like all of this was stupid to me. I, I just wasn't a big fan of this feud. It didn't help elevate Gunther. 
It gave the Miz something to do, but Miz has been like ice cold for like a year in terms of winning matches. Nobody thought he had a chance. No, I listen, I, I agree. It's a weird placeholder, but as long as we get to Mania season and somehow Gunther versus Brock Lesnar, I don't really care. And he's going to set this intercontinental championship run so far out of the distance. No one's catching. It took 25 years for him to catch Honky Tonk, man. 25, yeah, 35. Something stupid. It's amazing to think that, that of all the fucking people. The fucking <laughs> of all the people that held this shit. Honky Tonk, man. So Gunther's going to have that record for a while. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Not enough time. Should have been a banger of a match. Should have been a match of the night. Yeah, and it ended up being fine. And I was like, this is cool, but what are we doing? Um, Yeah, it, it was just, it, it felt like a SmackDown match. Like, it didn't have enough heat behind it for me to be like, oh, I'm invested. It was just, it was fine. So Santos won, continues his little heel run. All right, now what? That's all. Got to get a crew behind him. Either he gets his crew back or you give him a new crew. Some some's got to give there. Legato has to reform. Something has to happen. And then Rhea Ripley defeats Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark can wrestle, but again, not a real threat to Rhea Ripley. Yeah, they they didn't coming off of the Saudi show. It was really hard to make this a believable feud where you thought Zoe had a chance of winning. And I find it odd, unless I'm completely mistaken. Have they just completely abandoned the Rhea Ripley Nia Jax angle? Yes, I've heard nothing of it. Like she came back. Nia wrestled a random match on Raw. Yeah, like she came back and targeted Rhea Ripley, and then it was just like, ah, they had that fatal four-way joint at, at Saudi, and they were like, fuck it, let's move on. For for reasons that's unbeknownst to me, but it felt like I thought you were bringing Nia back for that, and you're not. And you didn't have enough time to make Zoe like you got to heat Zoe up. You have to have her be like Becky Lynch. She has to be somebody of importance for me to go, all right, she's got a chance to beat Rhea Ripley. Otherwise, it's just an audition for Zoe Stark to get more TV time. She's a good wrestler, but I, at least, it's Survivor Series. It's supposed to be one of the big four. Like, I, whatever. This was, again, it was fine. It was a raw match. Yeah, it was, again, cool. The War Games matches took up most of the night. And then we had the men's War Games match. Cody, Seth, Jay, Sammy, Orton versus the Judgment Day and Drew Mack. This is probably my least favorite men's war games match since they've been reintroduced. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, again, it was fine. Anything like, memorable, like outside of Randy's RKO on JD McDonough, which was still like people hyped it up way too much. It was, uh, so. The tease of, of Damian Priest cashing in and then Randy spoiling it, that was cool, I guess. Uh, which I'm just like, when the fuck is this guy going to cash in? But whatever. Uh, the immediate thing that jumped out to me was like, holy shit, Randy Orton's jacked. My God, this motherfucker is huge. Like, he wasn't small before. But when he came out, I was like, holy shit. Massive. Um, Judgment Day losing, fine, whatever. The match just, it didn't have that that intensity of a war games match like last year's bloodline match had it didn't have that mm-hmm. it was there was not anything in there like as much as you want to believe that cody hates judgment day no cody hates roman and that's where the heat really is and sammy hated the bloodline 
And that's where that heat really is. And Jay hates Jimmy. And that's where the heat really is. So if you take all that, you start going, well, wait a second. Where's all the heat for the judgment day? Seth Rollins, I guess he's got heat with them, but it it didn't feel like this was a war games match. They didn't really get there. Like when Adam Pierce came out during that brawl after the Saudi match was like, it's war games. I was like, is it? It's, I've seen plenty of brawls. This didn't constitute a war games type feud. Like you, Sam, again, all these guys have bigger beefs with other people. Yeah. So I, yeah, Randy's return was the big deal. Other than that, even the RKO, they was like, is this the best RKO of all time? No, no, no like I've seen nowhere close. No, I, I was there when Seth Rollins got his, his shit crushed after like Randy launched him in the air. I saw that. That's yeah. the greatest RKO of, of all time. Like, not this one. They just threw him into an RKO. So what? Yeah. Whatever. It's not even relatively close. No. Either. No. And, again, it was carried by Randy Orton and CM Punk's return. Talking about those two, because this is the only thing we really got to talk about on Raw. There were some good matches, like the tag gauntlet match and all this shit. Like, there, some stuff was had. But the big thing was... Randy Orton opening the show and ended up getting a few with Dominic Mysterio. And then CM Punk closing the show with a promo. Mm-hmm. Randy's promo, I thought was a great way to open the show. Him and Dom kind of having the first feud is a bit weird unless they pivot to Jay. I mean, it's it was just a match. It was a match that... that... Dom could afford to lose and Randy could win. Yeah. Like I'll I'm curious where things move with Randy Orton because Jay is super over. If he feuds with Jay, that means Randy already is super heel Randy. Yeah, but it feels like the way this Raw played out with, with Drew McIntyre like pissed at Seth Rollins for wrestling Jay next week. Yeah. They they I don't want to say they're not in a bad spot. But they're in this really tricky spot where they have like Punk, Orton, Cody, Jay, Sammy. They're babyface heavy right now. Like yeah. really babyface heavy. To the point where it's like, you guys have to send some motherfuckers to SmackDown. That's my biggest problem. SmackDown is barren. It's Kevin Owens really not knowing what the hell he's doing. Not at all. He's in like a couple different programs. It's the bloodline. And their programs were with everyone who crossed over, but now you're going to have that natural separation again. And then Roman Reigns kind of there, kind of not. I don't expect him to defend the title at Rumble. So what's the other title over there? The United States title? title. Oh, no. US title. Yeah, that's Mitt, or uh, Miz. That's Logan Paul who's in and out. <laughs> it's weird. Like, SmackDown has been stripped. Yeah, like, you got to find a way. And using... That to split up Sammy and KO like made no sense because really you wanted to get Cody over there. Yeah. And granted, you didn't see CM Punk coming back, but now CM Punk and Rollins more than an, and Orton more than enough to carry the ratings on Raw. Yeah. Send Cody's ass over there. Well, yeah. I mean, look, man, 
I always thought about like by this time, I said last year, last year after Cody lost, I was like, well, he's probably going to win the Rumble, and that'll find make him find his way back over to SmackDown to stay away from Roman as long as he can. But now he's got to go back because now you got to reignite that feud if that's what you're going to do. Which I don't know what we're doing LA Night exactly right now, but it feels like he should get his hands on that U.S. title. But uh, yeah, it's just boy, they're loaded on Raw. They're loaded, and then now the Creed brothers are the number one contenders for the championships, which they should win because they they really got to start leaning into their tag teams. You got too many good ones to not do anything with. We were over at Sporting News. We started looking at our year end awards, and we were like tag team of the year. And I was like, who the fuck is in WWE aside from the Creed brothers? That you go, wow, that's a great tag team. Like Sammy and Kevin were only a tag team for a quarter of the year. Yeah, Damian Priest and Finn Balor don't really feel like a tag team, even though they hold the titles. The Street Profits aren't... I don't know what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. It just gets weirder by the week. I don't know. It's a heel faction. It's working. It's it, It's not, though. It's like it's working, but it's like, all right, so they're feuding with uh, the LWO. They need belts, sir. They need to do they, something. Those belts have to be split again. And again, Creed Brothers, that gauntlet on Raw, cool. The Creed Brothers get a title shot. But what does this mean? Exactly. Unless they win. The the belts have been tangled in this bloodline judgment day hoopla since mania. It's it's served this course. Split those shits. Give them back to real tag teams. Let them run. Yeah, I don't I don't need it as a prop anymore. I need it to be used for something. The Creed yep, Brothers are really work. good. Like Creed Brothers and Street Profits could be a really good program. It yes. really can. So is but you gotta you gotta do something for us to get there. And they're just not. And the other question right now is, well, like, all right, so Roman Reigns, it feels like he's wrestled three times this year. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And I think people have wrestled like, six. That's crazy. So, but who's next in line for him before we get to WrestleMania? I'm not sure he has a feud. I'm, I'm not there. sure he has a match at Rumble. I thought for a second AJ Styles would return, and that would be the program. Because um, the Good Brothers are there, and it's a natural, like, 3v3 program where it's it's cool and you're going to get a banger of a match and kind of warm Roman back up at least in ring but we didn't get a return by uh by AJ Styles unless they're saving it for Friday yeah I, I don't know what's going on like Doing Cody's something. feuding with like Cody's feuding with Nakamura and I'm like oh didn't know I wanted that but I'll take it right I'll take it but Bobby Lashley's sitting here and the day that they split up the split the Rosses and Romans on SmackDown, that I was like, all right, so Bobby Lassie and Roman Reigns are gonna have a feud. All right, it's fucking December. It's about to be December. Can we can we do Bobby Lassie versus Roman Reigns now? Something. But now Bobby Lassie's a heel. Yeah. So I don't Smack, know what we're SmackDown doing. needs something. Something. Um, and before we get out of here, then CM Punk promo. I mean, I said at the beginning of the show, like some people are like, I wanted more. Did you want him to shit on AEW? He wasn't going to do that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's like an NDA in there somewhere. Because Tony Khan yeah. wouldn't speak on him. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, it's... For people, like, people want a pipe bomb. That's what they want. But what I think is, you know, Punk, and it goes back to what I said. I think Punk's going to end up being heel. So he can't cut a heel promo the day he comes back. No. He has to... Do this babyface thing. People want him more. Sure. He says he's like the little things. I'm changed. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. The smile, like all this shit. But I think Triple H and Punk both know the best version of Punk is heel Punk. And Seth Rollins can't turn back heel. 
Seth nope. Rollins needs to stay where he's at. And if these two are going to end up feuding, you got to let Punk just be an asshole. You got to let him be an asshole and be like, I don't give a fuck about these fans. I don't give a fuck about y'all. I want this title. Fuck you, Seth Rollins. And like a lot of people are like, yo, it's real. Like the feud between Rollins. No, man. WWE doesn't do what AEW does. <laughs> WWE says, all right, you said this in an interview. All right, let's make it. Let's a use it. Let's yeah. use it. Let's make money. Right. So they're going to make money off of this. But yes. I think the only the best way to make money is like Punk is kind of a baby face. And then it's like, nah, he's an asshole. Yep. Best version of Punk. And that's, and whenever we get this Rollins match, I'm in. But I this this promo, people expect it more. I understand why. If you're disappointed, I ain't mad at you for being disappointed. But I get it. He couldn't go scorched earth on his first promo. No, I, I 100% agree. It just comes down to now does this keep Seth as champ until Mania? And if so, Damian Priest is in a weird-ass spot. Yeah. Because I don't know when he cashes that shit in. I don't know either. So now you've held it and Punk came back and you didn't foresee that. And now you're kind of stuck if that's going to be your Mania feud for a main event. And let's say we got a long time to go. We do. We do. And a lot more returns, surprises. I'm sure they have in their bag. We always get a couple during Royal Rumble. So it, it's a long way to go. But I, yeah, I don't know what people wanted from Punk. I, I think he gave what he could. I wanted it to be a little longer. Sure. But outside of that, he said what he had to say. It was his first night back. He was appreciative. He's home. He told the fans, thank you. It was a reintroduction to CM Punk. And the other part of it is, this isn't AEW. This isn't their entire audience being 20 through 40, right? right. This isn't people who romanticized punk 10 years ago because they were 10 years old watching wrestling and people were 18 and 20 and they love punk. No, those people are now grown cool. That was good for AEW. There's a world of kids who have never seen CM Punk wrestle. Merch buyers, families that dads are now telling their kids about CM Punk. Moms are telling their kids about CM Punk. Kids matter a lot to the WWE universe. It's a, you got to reintroduce him and explain why he's a big deal. Because in Chicago, they got it. But that was a very pro wrestling heavy town, and it's his hometown. The crowd on Monday wasn't the crowd that we saw in Chicago. And people failed to realize the people buying the tickets are kids and families and everything. So, yes, they might not know this guy. Yeah. So he has to reintroduce himself and why he's a big deal. And I think that also lends him the ability to turn heel quickly if he wants to. Because yeah. it's a relatively fresh audience. So really? I, I I love it. Um, again, we'll see how it all plays out. Plenty more to go this next week. We'll talk about AEW next week as well as we creep into December. WWE doesn't have a pay-per-view for a second. I think Rumble might be their next pay-per-view. Well, yeah, they got. it seems like they got Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania. Love it. Just give good builds in between. Love it. Not a million pay-per-views. And then I want to see the same thing. Um, AEW has a big pay-per-view in December. Uh, we'll talk about MJF, the reported injuries, all this stuff, where they go in terms of in the company and feuds and how they're building that out towards the next pay-per-view on the next episode. So 
Right now, though, we'll wrap up wrestling. We still have boxing and MMA to come later this week. So we appreciate you all. We've heard you. We're brainstorming ideas for this Patreon and everything else to make it really special, really worth it. So you guys will be uh, privy to more information as we go forward and changing stuff up and getting bigger and better for 2024. So we appreciate you all. Make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms. Shout out to everyone at Blue Wire Studios. Even though we can't be there this week, they're making great improvements for us going forward. So we appreciate them. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.